Hi, everybody. This is Moshe Fried, and welcome to the very 21st episode of the Class Stars podcast. Today, we go to Nottingham, England, and chat with Keith Sharkey of Hallsbury Travels. The big question is, how do teachers like us, who are being pulled in so many directions, with so many demands and so much to do, how do we make sure that we not only get through our lesson as planned, but also make sure that every child is noticed every day? and that each one gets the attention they need to succeed? That is the question, and the Class Stars podcast is here to give you the answer. Here is your host, Moshe Freed. Today, we're in London with Keith Sharkey from Holsbury Travel, a very interesting travel agency that arranges school trips. And if you check out their website, holsbury.com, you can see that they do some really, really interesting and, more importantly, fun stuff. And Keith was kind enough to take some time out of his very, very busy day in Nottingham, England. If you see Robin Hood, please send him my regards. He's got a, a whole operation going on there, arranging class trips, making education fun, taking it out of the classroom, literally, literally, you know, expanding the boundaries of education. So, Keith. Thanks so much for joining us today. No problem. And uh, to start, give us, a, give us a background. You know, how did you get into, first of all, tell us what you do in more detail. Yeah, okay. Uh, I was a teacher, I used to teach modern languages, French uh, particularly, and I used to take the kids abroad uh, to France to practice the language they were learning in the classroom. So that's my background. I was a teacher for around 15 years. Wow. And uh, at the end of that time, I'd taken quite a lot of trips and I was taking uh, kids for a couple of weeks at a time uh, on one of the trips to stay with a French family, to practice the language, to go on visits in the area, uh, to try the foods uh, and so on. And most of them came back in love with the country, the language and everything to do with it. So they were highly motivated as a result of having traveled. And that gave me the motivation to look at other trips that we could do for the kids just in my school to begin with and uh, that led into uh, quite a, a lot of uh, expansions and nowadays we take around 50,000 kids to 44 countries around the world for 42 curriculum reasons so if you can think of a school subject whether that be history geography french german spanish uh, politics, uh, you name it, sport, music. For all those reasons, we take kids on themed trips uh, all over the world uh, to 44 different countries. There you go. Wow. That sounds so exciting. It how, is. How often do you go on the trips? Uh, maybe once or twice a year. Uh, I particularly enjoy the, the skiing side of things because we have uh, curriculum subjects as well as sports subjects that we do and uh, it's the sports ones that I get involved in particularly the ski because uh, I've always been a, a keen skier and I love the mountains and it gets me to North America, Canada, Europe, all over. Wow, wow it must never get old to go on these trips. <laughs> oh that's right. Always thrilling, wow that is amazing. So, so, so let's go through a little bit more in detail you know, when you had this idea of, you know, obviously you're taking your own class, your own school on these trips. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, I can only imagine how difficult it must be 
to take a class for three weeks to France. Wow. I mean, <laughs> to get the parents on board and the kids on board and the school on board and the budget for it, everything that was you know, required to That's make right. the very first trip happen. Tell us a little bit about that very first trip. Okay. Uh, so we had taken around 30 children, students, aged around 14, 15. Uh, and they went to a lycée in France, uh, which is a school roughly the same age group. Uh, and it was down near Lyon, between Lyon and Grenoble, so not too far from the French Alps. Uh, and we used to go originally uh, by train, uh, and then we went by uh, air as uh, air travel became more popular. Uh, and we would go for a couple of weeks, and the kids would be paired up the, like a pen friend, uh, somebody that they would get to know before they traveled. And we paired them uh, according to their interests. So kids who are interested in music or interested in sport, we try and pair, pair them up with somebody of similar interests uh, at the other end. And me and a colleague, a teacher in France who was keen to do it for his kids in the lycée, uh, we would do this arrangement every year for a couple of weeks. They would come to us for two weeks. We would go to them for two weeks. And it was a great way of quite inexpensively having a trip to France, experimenting with the language, learning the language and the culture uh, and about the country and everything uh, because there were no accommodation costs. It was a reciprocal arrangement. Uh, the children from the UK going to America, uh, going not to America, going to France, would stay with the French family and um, there would be no accommodation costs or food costs. They just uh, take on the cost responsibilities reciprocally. Um, and uh, it worked extremely well. And as I say, as a result of doing this, kids who were averagely interested in the classroom in learning French, but didn't really know why they were doing it. It's, <laughs> it's just a subject. You turn up every day and you do the thing for half an hour, an hour, whatever it is. Um, but why? Then they saw the reason why, because they met with real people in real places, and we took them to places of interest, uh, to Chamonix and the Mont Blanc, to um, the Vercors Mountains, to um, all sorts of interesting places in, in environments that they've never been to. The, the mountains, we don't have mountains like that in the UK. So from Nottingham, which is quite low lying, we're in a valley, uh, they were going up three, three and a half, four thousand meters, uh, up in cable cars and um, and having a really good time and enjoying learning the language, although they didn't realize they were learning it, they were. When you learn a language, you and I learned a language uh, before we ever went to school. You know, most kids in their mother's arms, they learn a language. And by the age of three, four, five, they start school, but they've already learned to speak a language by that time. And you learn a language totally naturally if you're exposed to it enough. And um, so that was the, the aim of the whole thing. It, it worked swimmingly. I loved doing it. The kids loved going. The parents were very keen for it to happen. And that's how we got started. We, we started doing these exchanges. And then colleagues of mine, in Stafford at school, said, oh, wow, uh, sounds really good. Can you organize the trip from here, there, to wherever? And, uh, and so we started doing trips for other people um, for other curriculum reasons, history, geography, um, sports. 
And over time, the travel side of things became quite big and busy, and I gave up the teaching, and I went into travel full-time. And as I say, now we have around 50,000 students a year traveling. So it's wow. about 1,000 tours, 1,000 groups from different schools. Wow, that's amazing. And how did you, and how did you, like, what was the first step of expanding this? How, how did you think, you know, uh, how, yeah, how did you get it off the ground? Okay, well, the, what, once I'd done a few, asked by colleagues and people you know, that I knew, word of mouth, um, after I'd done that, I decided I would try and market the thing, and I sent out 22,000 letters. Wow. <laughs> addressed to modern languages teachers all over the United Kingdom, and um, we posted them off. I can remember sitting around my dining room table with all the members of my family stuffing envelopes and you know, wow. all addressed. We mailed all those off. And then we had you know, sack loads of replies because wow. we put a reply paid postcard in to say what we were doing and how we were doing it and why were, were people interested. And they replied and they said, yes, they were. And then we had the problem of coping with that because within <laughs> This was in 1988 or something like that, uh, before the days of uh, computers, before the days of photocopiers, before the day, it was, you know, really um, early days of- Pretty, pretty much the dinosaur age. The dinosaur age of steam, yeah. Yes. And uh, so that, that's how we started. We sent, it, sent out 22,000 letters to language teachers, mainly in the UK, and thousands of them replied. And then we had the, the problem of trying to reply to them all, which was not easy at all because uh, there were only a handful of us. And uh, so we took it from there, we built on it. And as I said, here we are 34 years later and uh, we're now one of the biggest travel companies in the UK. Wow, that is amazing. That is really, really remarkable. And you said you have 70 people working at your site. 70 people here and uh, then various people in remote parts of the UK and abroad um, who work for our organization. Um, wow. Yeah, and I have uh, four children working in the business, my children, wow. uh, who are all grown up now. They're no longer children, they're all fully grown adults, uh, but they work here doing various things, you know, That's marketing great. and yeah. I hope they get to go on some of the trips. Yeah, everybody gets to go somewhere. Um, right. You know, they, yeah, they, they go to all sorts of places. As I say, we go to 44 countries around the world. And my family has probably been to around 24, 25. And other members of staff have been to the other places that we go to because we have specialists. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Mm -hmm. so, so throughout all these years, let's hear the most frightening thing that happened. Because I can imagine the responsibility of taking all these kids abroad. Yeah, yeah. There, you, may, you must have had sleepless nights over these years. Yeah, we did. I mean, quite a lot of our groups in the early days used to travel by coach and by ferry. So they would have to cross the channel to go to Europe. Uh, and that means a boat to cross from Dover to Calais. And I can remember one year when we had a whole bunch of ski going and there was a, a massive storm raging in the, the, the channel. And they got to Dover and they were held up for six or eight hours because yeah. the, the seas were just too great and the port was closed. And uh, so everybody was delayed quite a long time for that trip, but uh, everybody made it. And uh, once the, the storm died down and they opened the, uh, the ferry crossing route again, everybody was able to travel. 
but it was a worrying time for people when they we were able to give some of them notice because the ferry company contacted us and said there's going to be a delay you know, warn your, your people and uh, so they were able to make a stop somewhere on the motorway at a, a service area to get drinks or food or something before they got to Dover. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to turn off my camera just so that I, I'm not, uh, you know, burning out the bandwidth here because it's getting okay. a little choppy at times. Yes, so shut that off right there. So that should help. Um, can you hear me clearly? I still can. Okay, great. So, so let's, hear, let's hear some of the highlights. Tell me, I'm sure you get great feedback we do. From, from kids, from parents. Let's hear, we you do. know, the life-changing. This must change people's lives. It does. It must we, be life have, we have a product so, that we call Work Experience, uh, and it's for uh, what we call sixth formers, so 17, 18-year-olds who are studying a language, and they go abroad. Uh, to the country of the language that they're learning. So if they're learning Spanish, they'll go to Spain. If they're learning French, they'll go to France. And we find them a work placement uh, when they go abroad. And uh, we find them a family to stay with or a hotel. They go as a group, you know, 30, 40 at a time. Uh, we make the group up and we pack them all off on an airplane or in a coach. And they spend uh, a week or so uh, working in the country of destination. These are kids who have maybe two to a half, three, three hours at the most of language tuition in a week. And um, they were parachuted into the, the country of destination. And they have to function for five days continuously in a work environment. And they tell us what sort of work they'd like to do. Some want to be uh, veterinarians. Some of them want to be uh, a marketing people, someone to work on a radio station, a TV station, want to be pilots. We find them work in related areas. Uh, and they go and they work in these. And the, the comments that we get back are something like this. Um, I've spent a week in wherever it is, Lyon or whatever town they've been to, and I've spoken and heard more French in a week than I do in a year at school. And that's all in you know, a seven-day, eight-day experience, because in school you get maybe two hours of language tuition a year, a week rather, and in that two-hour uh, period, if there's 10, 20 people in class, you'll maybe talk for five or ten minutes per hour, uh, and when you're working, you have to talk for maybe four or five hours out of the seven hours that you're at work. And that makes makes it a really good experience for youngsters. And they say that they learn more in a, in a, a week of doing these sorts of things than they do in a year at school. So it's a good experience. And uh, you know, it's one that's been very popular over the years. That's great. And that's you have great. the history tours and the, the geography tours. We send uh, groups to Iceland. Um, where they have seismic activity, volcanic activity, uh, you know, hot water, uh, geysers, and um, uh, ice flows. And if you're learning about geography, physical geography, and you're learning about volcanoes, and you're learning about uh, seismic events, uh, and hot water springs, and all that sort of, you see it in reality, it's not a book. You can go and you can actually walk on the lava flows. You can actually go and see the um, volcanoes. Um, 
erupting in the distance. You can bathe in the hot water springs uh, and it makes it so much more real than just reading about in a book or seeing a film. Uh, and then we have sort of history stuff that we do. We do the D-Day landing battlefields in Normandy. Uh, we do uh, outfits uh, and crack off the um, concentration camps. And kids who go on these things come back changed. You know, they have a different understanding of what war is about, about suffering, about uh, you know, horrendous things that we can do to each other. Uh, and that's it's a it's an amazing experience because kids who learn about it in a book as I say and see it on a film, it's not the same as being there and seeing it firsthand. Of course, of course. So you said that your favorite trip, you know, are the skiing trips. What is the most popular trip, you know, from the kids' standpoint? Okay. Uh, well, we do lots of trips to Europe and uh, further afield. As I said to you earlier, we go to North America and Canada, uh, Japan, uh, all sorts of places around the world. But um, I go particularly to Europe, and we're very big in Italy. Um, we send maybe seven, 8,000 people a year to, to Italy. And they go in groups of typically 40, 50, 60, 70 or more. Uh, and they have a week staying in a ski resort. And some of them are, are beginners, total beginners, and others are experienced skiers who uh, know how to ski and they're going to perfect and enjoy uh, a week skiing. But for kids who've never been to the mountains, um, but have maybe been to a dry slope or to a, uh, an artificial slope somewhere near their home in the UK. When they get to the mountains and you're two, three thousand meters up, the views are amazing. And the thing that's hard to, to fathom and uh, come to grips with when you're not used to being abroad in the mountains is that even in February, uh, which is the depths of winter, you have blue skies and sunshine, you know, because your mountain is poking out above the clouds and you have full sunshine uh, and perfect snow. So for many kids who go on these trips, they, they go up uh, the mountain, they'll snake up in a, in a bus, that drives up a, a winding uh, road, and eventually get into the ski resort. Everything is white, everything uh, is sparkling in the sunshine, and then they get to put on their skis and they go out and they start to learn. And it's exhilarating because when you get the cold wind in your face and the sun beating down, um, it's a bit like surfing or you know being anywhere in a nice sunny environment. Uh, it's stimulating. It, it's uh, it's just tiring. Uh, and at the end of the day, most of them, you know, uh, are pretty uh, tired out. But there's an evening program of activities, of bowling, of skating, of um, you know, going to a disco, uh, all sorts of stuff. And they usually get a second win. You know, by the time they've eaten something, uh, they, they can you know, hammer again at uh, uh, midnight uh, and still get up uh, and do the next day skiing. That is fantastic. That is amazing. Wow. So you're really like... Your whole day is around practically vacations. You know, there, there are people that do this for vacation, for fun. Yes. And you're in the travel industry with yep. an educational twist to it. So it makes it that much more meaningful and exciting. Yep. And you're opening up kids' eyes to, to the world in the most literal way. It's, it's so fascinating, so fantastic. 
and we do inbound groups as well so we have groups from the states from other european countries from the middle east from the far east um, and we bring groups into europe and the uk uh, and we'll typically do a sports tour or we'll do a music tour or a choir tour and we'll organize all the sports fixtures and all the music fixtures uh the music events so that they can perform um and that's you know, incoming groups are uh, another dimension um, because they're coming to Europe or the UK and uh, very often they're coming for 10, 12 days uh, and we organize all the, the transportation, the accommodation and all the fixtures and the, the events for them. It's amazing. It's really, really amazing. Keith, thank you so much for the time. This was so much fun, so fascinating. I'll bet you can write a book. With I'm sure good. <laughs> You, you ought to, because this is literally, you know, traveling the world. What could be better than that, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, you have a, a good time with your podcast, and I wish you all the best. Thanks so much, Keith. Let's be in touch. Okay, bye. Take care. I hope you got value from this podcast. And please, before you go, if you can just subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends, that will be really, really amazing. Thanks so much. See you next time. Thank you so much for tuning into the Class Stars podcast. To learn more about our vision for education, subscribe to us, visit our website, take our free training, sign up for the newsletter, and follow us on social media. Join the revolution in education and become a Class Stars today, empowering educators one episode at a time.